0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today, we will hear from Pastor Dave Carroll as we take a break from our Attitudes of the Heart series to look at connecting with others in Christ through groups with a sermon entitled Make It Count. Let's listen in now. Well, hey, what I want to talk to you today about is a super big deal. It's humongous. Uh, I remember back in Florida, that's where my wife Amy and our four boys moved from, just uh, a little over a year ago, there was this restaurant there called Sonny's Barbecue, okay? And uh, you'd have to be from a different part of the country to know what Sonny's Barbecue is. It's kind of like Famous Dave's, although I have to say, I think we do barbecue in Montana a little better. Can I get an amen? Yeah, I think we do. And uh, uh, But I was at Sunny's Barbecue. It was pretty good. The only thing that, you know, they had this mustardy barbecue sauce. I do, do confess to missing that. But they had this thing called a big deal. And what a big deal was, It was a, it was like big Texas toast, like two pieces, right, Real, full of butter, full of carbs. You know, you don't, man of my stature, we don't, you know, <laughs> we don't get this way by visiting the, you know, salad creation, if you know what I'm saying. But here we are. We're, we're in, <laughs> we're in uh, the store. The, the big deal, I see the pictures. The Texas toast, right? You have me at the Texas toast. That's my love language, okay, even though I'm not eating it right now. Then they had like this big pile of pulled pork, this big, big beans, and then to top it all off, there was like this huge glass of sweet tea. Any sweet tea fans in the house? Yeah, that's right. Sweet tea, it gets you pumped up. That might be why I'm so wired. You may say, Dave, why are you so passionate and wired? Because I drink a lot of caffeine with sweet tea. All right? And uh, and so I sat down and it got on the plate and I thought, Not only is this a big deal financially, like it was worth the price I'm paying. I'm looking at this. I'm going, I'm coming back here. Big deal at Sonny's Barbecue or McDonald's. But now, every time after, when someone said, hey, you want to go to Sonny's Barbecue for a big deal? It was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? It was just huge. And and, uh, I thought about it, and I I, I dreamt about going to Sonny's Barbecue. And today, small groups are a big deal. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, they're a big deal. They are a big deal. And they're so big that we're going to look in God's word today. And we're going to ask Him to speak to our heart. And the title of the message today is called Make It Count. Don't you want your life to count? Don't you want your life to be a big deal? It is in the eyes of God, whether you think it is or it isn't. God says, Your life, my life, is a big deal. That's why He went to the cross, right? And so today, before we get into Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 17, Let's quiet our hearts. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's study his word today. Would you quiet your heart with me? God, today is big. Lord, it's the most important Sunday yet in the life of this young church body. God, what's at stake today is learning what real relationships look like with other believers. God, what's at stake today is the future of Elevation Church and what our church looks like because we can either choose to be a church that that shrinks in and stays by ourselves and stays anonymous or, God, we can do the messy work of following your great commandment, loving you and loving others. And God, I pray and ask that today would not just be a day where people sign up for something or, or half-heartedly do something because that's what a pastor said to do. But God, today, would you help us to lay down all of the junk in our life. Lord, the things that are holding us back, Lord, namely, our desire to shrink in, keep secrets. Lord, to count the time and just watch it pass and hope that our life amounts to something. But God, instead of that kind of stuff today... Will you allow us to be a church, a group of people who make it count, who redeem the time, who, who, who are willing to put the sacrifice in, the hard work for eternity, Lord, and also for now. God, help us to have lives that count for you. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Now, as we jump into Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, I, I want to uh, let you know today that don't be fooled by the shortness of the message, all right? Now, I'm, I told you in the email, if you get the email, how many of you get the email? Can I just see it? Hey, that's, hey, check that out. A lot of hands. That's better than the national average. Give it, <laughs> I'm excited, yes. You know, what they, when I read a, a statistic, it says like, hey, just so you know, 2% of your people actually get the email. Now, I'm not asking who read the email. I said, did you get it? You know what I'm saying? Um, but this is an important message today because I believe that this young church that's not quite six months old is, is going to be shot out in a trajectory. It's, we're we're going to get just like catapulted. We're going to have a cannon, like a shot out of a cannon in a certain direction today based off of our response. You see, many churches kind of think that groups and doing life together in Christ and uh, kind of getting a little bit dirty together that many churches think well that's that's stuff for like the real christian people you know the people who really have it together and i'm here to tell you that we need to set the course for elevation church today in the direction of community real authentic community in christ are you ready to do that with me today and to do it and to make this life count let's look in ephesians 5 verses 15 through 17 It says this. We'll read it all together, then we'll go through each verse. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Everybody read this together with me. Redeeming, what does that say? The what? The time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What an amazing challenge in scripture today. When I began to study this, I was just knocked over at how many times my life doesn't count. How many times I don't take the time and I don't put the effort in to really live for Christ. And if you're taking notes today, I encourage you to flip over the back of your program. And uh, here's your first few blanks and your first few notes. First of all, to make it count... To make your life count today for Christ, to make it count for the things that matter, you may be surprised. You have to get careless. You say, Dave, why are you asking me to get careless? We're not supposed to be careless. We're supposed to be careful. That's what the word says. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, which means carefully. Dave, why are you telling me to get careless? You have to get careless. And you know what you have to get careless about? More than likely, the things that you are caring most about right now. You see, in this world, we totally take this verse the wrong way. It says, See then that you walk crazy, right? Most of us, if we're really honest with our life and how we take account of it, we walk in a crazy manner. And this is what crazy looks like. Crazy looks like um, I care more about my hobby than I care about eternity. <laughs> I care more about my golf score, and by the way, Elevation played in the Habitat for Humanity uh, charity golf tournament this this, uh, week. Can we give it up for the golf team that finished dead last? Yes. Yes, dead last. But you may have a hobby, and you know what the truth is? We've been told what the world thinks is important, and we have to stop caring about it. That's your first blank. We have to become careless about the priorities that we've made, that take us away from God. Uh, for some of us, this is super serious. It may come in the form of addiction. Maybe you're addicted to alcohol, sex. Maybe you're addicted to drugs. Maybe you're addicted to something. Um, you know, sometimes we get addicted to this little drug called the iPhone. You know, and you end up texting your wife right instead of talking, and they're like sitting right next to each other. And you know, you're like, hey, I think I need to talk to my wife, so I'll text her. You know, we get addicted to a lot of things. And what they do is they they pull us away from walking carefully in Christ. And so what we have to do is we have to start caring less about the things that the world has trained us to care much about. And we need to start caring more about the things no one ever tells you is important. you get what I'm saying? We have to flip that around. Here's your next blank. After we get careless about the things of the world and we start saying, you know what, the money doesn't matter as much anymore. Yeah, I have to pay the bills, but it's not what I'm living for. You know what? Most of us have to take this next step. After we do that, then we get careful and wise about what is near to the heart of God. Jesus was really kind to us. In the Old Testament, he took 613 laws, okay? There were 613 laws in the Old Testament. Uh, next, God said, okay, Moses, they're not going to get this because they're kind of a little bit, I don't know, they're difficult, you can't drill through the wood. You know anybody like that? I know not in your family, right? But you may know somebody It's where it's difficult to drill through the wood. But God said, you know what? Since they can't be careful with 613 commandments, why don't I give you 10, <laughs> 10 commandments? And then Jesus walked the earth, and he realized that hey, we're having a little bit of trouble with 10, right? It was just getting a little difficult. And so he gave us two, love God, and what else? Love others. Now the first one for us kind of can get that, right? You know, it's, we kind of get our worship music on or or maybe we talk to someone who's spiritual. If you're, if you're in the room and you're not a believer today, maybe you, you talk to Christian people and you think, oh, I kind of encountered God today. That part's easy. But I got to tell you, it's the others part that gets you a little bit down, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, others will let you down. And so many times what it does is it makes us withdraw and we fail to act carefully to things that are near to the heart of God, which is loving him but also the big challenge of loving others. You see, your life will never count until you grasp these two things, and here's the truth. Jesus gave us two, love God, love others, and it cannot be reduced anymore. You get what I'm saying? If you're sitting in the the seat today, learning God's word, trying to go, God, can, can you just take the others part away? Can I just love you and let the other stuff go to the side? He's not gonna do it. It's done, it's over with, you know what I'm saying? And and so we have to do this. We have to get careful about things that are near and dear to the heart of God. And even the people that have hurt you the most, even the people who, who are hardest to love, that is all a part of things that are dear to the heart of God. That's difficult. Think about someone right now that's difficult to love. It's not that hard, is it? But God says we have to get messy just like Jesus did. And so what is important to the heart of God? Here's your blank. That we look more like Jesus. Everybody look in your Bible real fast. You don't even have to turn a page. But Ephesians 5, chapter 1, I want us to read this aloud together. Because you may say, Dave, what's the goal? If I'm trying to make my life count, if this time that I have called life, you know, as the seconds tick down on my life, if I'm going to make this count, what's the goal? What is near? If you could sum it up in a sentence, what's near to the heart of God? Well, it's Ephesians 5 and verse 1. Let's say it strong together. We're going to read this two or three times because I want you to get this. One, two, three, read. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. No, we have to go stronger than that. Hey, Do I need to get you guys some sweet tea? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Hey, uh, let's read it strong together. Say it again. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. What is the goal? What are we trying to become? We're trying to become more like Christ, right? And the good news is that God put his Holy Spirit inside of us for those of us who have come to know Christ, and he gives us help, because if you're anything like me, that's a little tough to do, to look more like Christ each day. Anybody else have that kind of trouble? Hi, I'm Dave, and I have trouble looking like Christ, okay? All you have to do is look at my life over the week. You'll know, but this is the goal, to look more like Jesus, to look more like our crucified Savior who has spread eagle on the downtown garbage heap. Why did he do this? For a bunch of people who put him there, And yet he was able to love others. Now, if we're going to love others, it means we're going to have to act. Now, if you look at Ephesians 5, verse 16... This is very, very important, and I struggled with whether or not I was going to ask you to do this, but I think I'm going to ask you to do it, even though it's weird, and uh, normally we don't do weird stuff, but I want you to remember this. When you look back on this week, and you're thinking, what was the message about? Oh, was it that? No, I I don't remember. You're going to remember this part. If we could stand, I want us to read this part aloud together. Yeah, that's right. If we could all stand as we read God's Word. I want us to read these th- the first three words of verse 16 together because he says, if we're going to walk t- carefully, not as fools, and if we're going to be wise, here's the biggest starting place, and this is the point of the message today. Let's read these first three words together as strong as possible. One, two, three. Redeeming the time. Think about that for a second. Where is your time going? Do you know? Where is it going? Where is your life counting? When we stood today, you know what we did? We stood. We gave physical effort. We gave mental effort. We gave verbalized effort. Hopefully, we gave our heart as we read God's word aloud. And we just took an action and inserted ourselves into this message. We redeemed the time. Thanks. Be seated. We redeem the time. Now, I don't always do this, but today I gotta do this. When we look at verse 16, there are two Greek words that you have to know in verse 16, and the reason why I'm pulling them out is because in English, uh, somebody was really smart for English, I think they were a lot like me. They like to take a lot of shortcuts and just like make blanket words like uh, love. Well, you know what? I'm not going to make ten words for love. I'm just going to say love, and it just means every kind of love. You know, they kind of got a little lazy in English, but in Greek, they had different words for all different kinds of things. And we hear about love a lot. Maybe you've heard about agape love, or or philo love, or eros love. Uh, you've heard about the different types of Greek things. But in in this particular passage, we have to take a word, a look at the word time redeeming the time you see most of us see this life as just a series of seconds ticking down and we look at the end of the day and we go oh what happened to the time where did it go but this is not the kind of time that Paul was talking about in verse 16 when he said redeem the time he said if you want to make your life count you have to do it now It carries the concept of not just time in a day, but it's the right time. It is the idea, here's your next blank, of right now. Now, Amy and I rent a house. We've rented a house for the last year, and we're really enjoying Billings. Don't you enjoy Billings? Uh, We're having a great time living here and a great time planning the church. But there's one problem with our home. It has one of those on-demand hot water heaters. And since January, believe it or not, since January, it's really, it really hasn't worked. <laughs> and there was a, a big season where the hot water didn't work so much so that we'd have to turn the hot water on like 50 times before this on-demand hot water heater would produce any water, okay, any hot water. And, and so it was one of these things like where we start, we're like, one, two, we're counting, we're counting and it's still cold, it's still cold. Sometimes it was even on Sunday morning, getting ready to give a message, you know? I'm thinking, Lord, I must be asleep because you want me to wake up today with this ice-cold shower, you know? It's one of those things. And uh, all of a sudden, it's like on turn 49 or 50, you'd be like, oh, it's on, it's on! And you know what we yelled? Everybody! Take showers, quick, get in. It's it's hot. We'd get the kids in the tub. We would run. It was this urgency that happened. And here, the Greek word kairos, time in verse 16, that's what it's implying. It's saying, right now is the time for you to make your life count for Christ. Maybe you've been thinking, oh, I need to wait till I'm good enough. Or, hey, I need to wait till I have more time. And here Paul is saying, no, 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 no. You don't understand. When should you start pursuing Christ? When should you start walking carefully and caring about the things that are dear to God's heart? Right now. Right now. And here's the second part of this. Look at verse 16, that first word. He says, redeem the time. The word er- ergazo means to purpose." or redeem, and here's the definition, look at your notes if you have them, or look on the screen. What he's asking us to do with right now, the time we have right now, is to pay a price so that something of worth can be moved to a new place. Didn't Jesus do this on the cross? Didn't he pay a price in a certain place in a certain time? Right then, right now, he, he came from heaven became a man, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, and were waiting for his return. And why did he do that? So that something of worth could move from one place to another. And what is that? It means that those of us who are apart from Christ, we're dead. The Bible says we're dead for eternity. But Jesus redeemed the time on the cross, and the Bible says if we'll believe on him and confess him as Lord, we move from what? Death to We move from death to life. And there's many of us in the room today that need to move from death to life, literally, and accept Christ for the first time today. There's some of us in here who need to start making each day, each moment in Christ count, really corralling the time and doing something of worth with it, like a small group, like a daily quiet time, like listening to things and asking God, listening to resources, asking God to change our character. We need to do it now. We need to redeem or to purchase the time and do the hard work. Many of us in here with groups, you know, the idea of doing anything at church beyond Sunday morning is like earth shattering. But I'm here to tell you, we put two people up here And we didn't tell them the answers to give. And you wanna know what? Nearly everyone else who's put effort in to redeem the time of their faith by doing things near to the heart of God, like like loving God and loving others. I could put every person who's sincerely done that on this couch and they would sit here and tell you, man, my life is so different because I redeemed the time. Man how it's different. Man, how God's changed my life, how I used to be a person who was stuck and mired in sin, but now I look like I'm alive in Christ. I'm not just alive in Christ, but I look like it to the people around me. I've redeemed the time. And so you may ask, uh, from from a church perspective, where does our time go? Check this out. This is one of the first times I've really introduced this but I want to give you our five areas at Elevation Church, and they kind of build on each other. Check this out: the first one is worship. Sunday morning worship. This should be the most exciting place of your week, right here. When you come to give everything to God, it should be worth inviting people to. It should be worth trying to show up to, even when it's a you know when you sing the the, the old songs. So you had a bad day. You know what I'm saying? This should be the place of deliverance. This should be the place of joy, the worship service. We should give extra. You know what? I am so excited that God has given us upwards of 60 to 70 people who are serving to make this service happen each week. And we praise the Lord for that in the room. Yeah, I love this place. It's a great place. The second area is family. is family. And this is one of those places where we put effort tons of effort into kids ministry and i want to let you know kids ministry is not the afterthought here at elevation church and you know it's starting to pay dividends if, if god's pulling on your heart to minister to kids you know maybe that's the time to put some time in there uh, but i have guest after guest after guest at our at our new guest table after service and by the way if you're a new guest after service come come see me we want to give you that gift They say, you know why I'm here? One of the biggest reasons I'm at Elevation so far? It's because my kids are getting dressed and coming and saying, Dad, Mom, we're going to church, right? You're kind of stuck there, aren't you? (laughs) When that happens. But the family is important, not just on Sunday morning, but I was reminded as school kicked back in, I I reflected on my summer, and my summers get messy when when my routine things get kicked out of place. Um, But I was reminded this week of the value of family devotions of being able to sit down with our boys. I think we made it uh, four out of five days, which might be a personal record for our family. We have four boys, all under 10. But we actually sat down. I don't think this is just with kids, by the way. I think even if you're later on in life and don't have kids, you can sit down and do this. Sit down and spend time in God's word together. Open the Bible, get on your knees, and come before the Lord together and watch him change your life. Watch him do it. Put that time into the family. But the third one, is groups. This is where we do life together. This is where we get to know God's word. You know, there's so many people who who aren't living the joy of knowing God's word. They'll come to the place of faith in Christ, or they'll walk up right next to the line and go, I don't know if I want to place my faith in Christ, because I don't know what's going to happen, right? I don't know what's going to happen. What happens to me when that happens? God reaches in and does something awesome, but I'm here to tell you this third section, groups, is something that our church has to hold near and dear to our hearts. You know what? I would love to have the problem, even this semester, we have like nine or ten groups. We have nine for adults and one student. I would love to have the problem if we're going, dude, some of these things are just way too full. <laughs> you know why? Because that, it's not for the numbers. Like It's not so I can go back and go, oh, hey, we have more than last time. No, it's because if we have a church not just a few people but a church full of people investing in small groups here's what i know our lives are going to start looking more like god's word says it should and then when we go back and read ephesians 5 1 as a church we're not going to say therefore be imitators of god we're going to be able to be a church that says we are imitators of god isn't that the kind of church you want to be a part of that's the kind of church I wanna be a part of. And so today, as we get into the group's time afterward, I wanna encourage you, even if you're going, Dave, this is so quick, I, I, I walked in here not even thinking about this, I'm telling you today, make it count, redeem the time, the time is now. It's no, there's no better place. Our next two places are missions, where we actually do God's will, both here in Montana and abroad and and expand his kingdom. And multiplication, we'll talk about some other day, and that is where we help other people do the other four, worship, family, groups, and missions, and we duplicate it through the local church. That's where our time is gonna go, Elevation Church. So I'm telling you, you may say, well, what about this or what about that? Hey, right now we're laser focused and this is it. And God will grow what he wants our church to become out of groups, So, let's carry on to verse 17 as we talk about making it count. It's our final verse of the day. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You may ask, what is the will of the Lord, and how do I know it? You know, it's kind of tough. This life gets a little tricky. How do I know what God's will really is? Well, there are three things. You can write them down. We can know through his word, through prayer, and through others in Christ. Those are the three ways. Now, here's what, I, here's what you, you need to discover today. Out of those, there's some other ways here, and there's like, uh, you know, some special revelation things that we'll talk about. But these are the three basic ways. Special revelation doesn't even matter if you're not doing these three, okay? You're just like, that's last night's pizza, not the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? And and so, um, we stop at the first two. Look at his word. Look at prayer. These only require two. You and what? God. Boom. First half of the great commandment taken care of, right? You and God, prayer and His word. But you cannot fulfill the great commandment. Jesus whittled it down to the lowest common denominator. You cannot fulfill it without others. You can't fulfill it without others. Think about this for a second. You may say, Dave, I don't know if I can include others right now. My life is too difficult. Maybe your marriage is rocked and you don't know what to do. Maybe it's on its last leg. Maybe you're too embarrassed about your family's past. Maybe you're too embarrassed about who you've become and you're looking going, I didn't intend this when I was 13. This wasn't on the dream list that my sixth grade teacher asked me to do. Not this life and you're embarrassed. We have to avoid the temptation of being spiritual recluses based off of embarrassment. Think about this, Jesus in his worst hour, when he was taking on the sin of the world, providing the greatest act of love that humankind has ever seen and will ever know, even when Jesus was about to get on the cross and, and, and be nailed and have a really bad day, when he withdrew to pray, who did he take? He took two disciples, didn't he? He said, hey, as bad as this is, I need you guys. And even though you're kind of going to be losers on me in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had to like say, wake up. Don't you realize this is a really bad day? (sighs) They're asleep. But even still, even still, Jesus included others. Even in his worst moment. Some of you may be going, I don't know if I can... Make the time. I don't know if I can make it count. I will tell you this. You will not become the imitator of God that God designed you to be until you decide to include other people. This can be accomplished. Here's your next blank. In groups. God is a big God. Do you agree with me on that this morning? God is huge. The power of Christ is amazing. What Jesus can do with a life is unmatched. It's unfathomable what he can do with any life who will surrender to him. But the reason why we do this stuff, that we make the time count, the reason why we partner with God and say, God, I know you do your work, but I wanna be the ultimate responder. God, I don't just wanna count the time. I want to make my life count. The reason why we do this is because ultimately, God wants to fashion something amazing out of your life. As ugly as life has become, he wants to make something beautiful out of you. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbillings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.